Hello and welcome to Rest and Recreation, the work-life balance podcast from workworkwork.works, which is produced by Abbasida. I am your host, Michael Millward, and I am joined by Alan Reynolds, who is the author of 18 books. But we're going to be discussing the first one that he wrote, which is called Flying with Kites. Hello, Alan. Hello, Michael. How are you? I am extremely well, thank you very much, and very pleased that you found the time in amongst writing all these 18 books, and I think you've also written some screenplays as well, haven't you? Yes, I have. There's uh, two screenplays uh, completed, including Flying With Kites. Now, it's good to speak to you, and uh, thank you for the opportunity of uh, being on your podcast. Well, thank you very much for saying yes. It's something that uh, I've wanted to do for quite a while, because as you know, I am a big fan of Flying With Kites. Could we start by you sort of telling us a little bit about flying with kites and a little bit about the story without giving any of the story away. Well, I, I think I need to go back in time a little bit because uh, it, it's strange because I've never wanted to be a writer or had an ambition at least to be a writer. The kind of work I do uh, in, in, in my paid work, uh, it, it's, it fluctuates. And I found myself with uh, some time in my diary and this would be Uh, January in 2010. Now, before that, in about 1995, I was working up in Newcastle with uh, a good friend of mine, and we went out for dinner. And on the way back, we passed the uh, two uh, enormous tower blocks in Gateshead, uh, just along the uh, off the Western Bypass. And he told me this story that had happened a few months earlier. And strange enough, this story had stuck in my mind. And I Every now and again, I'd, I'd referred back to it. You, you know, it was just in, my, in the back of my memory for some reason. And then this, uh, going back to 2010 again, and I'd, I'd got nothing in my diary. And this idea of a story evolving, revolving around this, um, uh, this event in 1995 uh, came to me. And I needed to think about the people who might frequent uh, the tower blocks and it occurred to me that there was around about 1999 we had the Kosovan war and uh, the UK was one of the active participants that that, that welcomed uh, refugees uh, in, into the um, into UK now think about this that there was about four and a half thousand initially uh, were, were allowed in uh, and, and claiming asylum um, but eventually there was a lot more. So I did some research about the Kosovan War, and the more that I researched, the more I became engrossed in the story. Uh, yes, it was the breakup of the Yugoslavia, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was the Balkans. The Yugoslavia was a country made up of other countries, and when the when the Iron Curtain came down, the, instead of staying together as one country, they all decided to um, split off and be independent. But they then had the disputes about where those borders would be. And that then led to a war which was, uh, as all wars are, it was horrific. But we saw some some yes. events which were described as, as genocidal and ethnic cleansing so that countries could yes. be, there is nobody who isn't one of us in this country. And that led to... Um, all sorts of various different activities with NATO and Tony Blair, who was the UK Prime Minister at the time, saying, I'm Correct. going to do something about this. And then 
um, lots of people as refugees arriving into the UK. Yes, that's that. That's exactly the story. And uh, what what I needed to do was to create uh, a, a character uh, which would be the vehicle for the story. And uh, so we have this um, this Kosovan um, school teacher yep. called Katia, and she's an English teacher, which is quite handy since she speaks English. And um, so the, the initial part of the story follows. Katya's escape. Now, Katya's husband is a member of the KLA, which was a, the Kosovan Liberation Army, um, and obviously was certainly a target for the Serbian forces. Uh, he'd, he'd been fighting away, and uh, she'd had a message to say that he'd been captured and believed killed. She felt that she had to leave. She'd got a young kid called Melosh, uh, six months old, so she, she's got this baby. Now, the escape is um, traumatic. Uh, I, I, won't, um, I won't go into detail, obviously, because uh, people might want to read the book and uh, find out for themselves, but it's based on true events. But eventually, uh, Katya uh, finds herself in a, a dreadful refugee camp, yeah, over the border in, in Macedonia, again, with the research I did, I was able to find out the exact place where Katya would have gone, um, describing the conditions there, the, how the tents were, and so on, and, and, and the food. Everything uh, is, is documented. So I, I was able to use that information to create a, a, a true picture, at least I hope it was, a true picture of what it must have liked. Um, I mean, the trauma that these poor people were going through was unbelievable. Um, uh, but eventually, um, she is able to um, uh, get a plane and finds herself in um, in one of the tower blocks. And the rest of the story uh, follows her and a fellow refugee. She's she's put in the tower blocks with uh, another um, an, another Kosovan uh, woman with a th three year old daughter called Edie. And the the story then takes on a slightly different tack because it, it it is about how they settle in but it's also about the local community and we're introduced to some of the characters who also live in the um tower block so we've got the how they uh, how they react to the um Kosovan refugees one of the things that is very impressive about the book is it like it's a it is a gripping story part of the reason why it is a gripping story is the the very human element that you've made the characters very real people that you know one of my things is that for a book to to work you have to care about the characters and you very quickly do care about these people who are going through some unimaginable situations really unless you've been through them but you've done an awful lot of research into the detail of what it is like what the the journey the process is everything what everything was like and also the real events that surrounded people integrating into the communities you've even got them driving along roads that i know yes from the airport to to the northeast yes. i know those roads and you describe them really well it's like yeah you've driven along that road i've driven along that road i know it you've captured what it feels like to be someone who's landed in a completely new country and what it's like to be that isolation feeling of being that refugee. Yes, it's it's interesting the kind of facts that you actually find out because um, on, on the on the plane 
from um, Sarajevo, uh, from uh, Skopje rather, in Macedonia to um, Leeds Bradford Airport. That was actually true, mm-hmm. and it actually landed at about three forty in the afternoon. And it was a chartered flight booked from Bulgarian Airlines, and that's actually in the book. So it follows the the actual events that that took place when the first plane load of Kosovan refugees actually landed at Leeds Bradford Airport, and then were distributed to the to this centre, which is an old old folks' home, if I remember, uh, an, an old people's home, which uh, they'd quickly converted to house the um, the refugees. Big part of the strength of of the book as a story is the research that's gone into the factual details, and then building. So it's not a documentary, it's not a history book as such. No. It is a dramatization in a novel form of what life could have been like for people in those situations. But the interesting thing is that it's not just the book is not just connected with a broad readership. It's also connected with the community that it is about. You've done all sorts of various different things with the com- the community as well, haven't you? Well, th- this was an interesting spin-off because having completed the book, which I, I did complete very, very quickly, there, there was an... It took a while, obviously, to find an agent and then to um, to eventually get it published, which uh, which I did, and that was in August 2011. So it, was, it took a little time to to actually get it into print. But uh, this was probably a couple of years later, and I, I received an email completely out of the blue. And as I read it, it was from uh, a Kosovan lady uh, based in London, and she uh, she said she just said thank you so much for writing about my country. And that she'd bought uh, Flying With Kites and several of the Kosovan community in London had also uh, read it. Um, And cut a long story short, I arranged uh, to meet her and I went down to uh, London and uh, probably three or four others from uh, the community were there. Um, And they wanted to know all about the book and uh, why I started writing it, which I was able to explain. Um, And we struck up a super relationship. There were just lovely lovely people and i was invited back not long after that to speak to the kosovan community and there must have been 70 or 80 people uh, at the uh, british museum um, down in the basement of the british museum there's some uh, lecture places there uh, and the albanian um, uh, ambassador was there with and, and the kosovan ambassador there with their partners and it was just such a a, a privilege to be there and, and speak to the people. And I kept in touch with them. And I, I've, I did get invited also uh, as of the following year to the Houses of Parliament uh, when they were celebrating the Independence uh, Day and, and met a lot of the people uh, who were involved with the uh, with, with the Kosovan uh, refugee situation at the time. It was uh, it was just such a privilege to be there. It all came out of being moved by a news story, really. I suppose. Yes, it was, and 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 what a, I mean, the idea of uh, and I've done this on 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 several of my books is, is having characters that become a vehicle for expression. It, it, you know, we understand a little bit more about the reaction to refugees but seen from a very personal perspective. And, you know, obviously people's perception about refugees have, has changed from time to time, but certainly in 1999, um, the UK were very generous and welcoming uh, to the Kosovan community. 
because every night we were fed this uh, the dreadful news programs showing the plight and and, uh, and, and the tr- dreadful conditions that uh, that they were facing, and I I just thought it was so good the way that the British community, UK community, actually rallied round. Yes, there, there's a there's a quote in the front of the book called "Evil is the absence of empathy," and this comes from the Nuremberg war trials yeah if we just explain for people who don't know the nuremberg war trials were the trials of the leaders of the nazi regime uh, to bring them to account for the atrocities of the concentration camps and the various different things that happened in the occupied countries of europe during the second world war and i'm looking at the quotation now it says evil is the absence of empathy and that is the psychological conclusion from the Nuremberg war trials in 1947. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, it, I have the book in front of me at the moment. It, it's, it's about attitudes, isn't it? And this idea, I, the more I thought about that quote, the more appropriate it became to me. And this, this inability uh, to view other people uh, and empathize, this word empathy again comes into play. And it, we we put ourselves in the position of other people. So if we see, uh, imagine the refugees in their squalor in the camps and so on, and, and suddenly we feel something saying, well, they're human beings. They're, they're, they're just like us. You know, we are fortunate that we've been in the uh, a very um, privileged position, I think, and we, we take it for granted, I know. But then having this empathy, this ability, I think makes us more compassionate towards other people yes and that's the part in the book i think that, that that was part of the theme in the book we see compassion in the book of how people were treated and we see the opposite as well the antithesis is when when people are not treated well yes i think you've got the whole range of different reactions to essentially what is a change happening both for the refugees and for the host community who um, have a group of people arriving that they know very little about and don't perhaps know how to deal with what those people bring with them in terms of the trauma and the difficulties of moving to a new country where you don't speak most of the cat don't speak the language and all this sort of, yes. sort of thing and um, etc but one of the things with the book that that struck me is that you're using drama a, a, a novel fiction around real events which then have the ability to change people's minds to inform people about things and that is one of the things that i think is an element of a lot of the classical literature that we read so a lot of dickens was about identifying and making people aware of social injustice things like oliver twist um, the christmas carol Jane Austen, in some ways, can be seen in the same thing as like showing the the plight of women in society at the time yes. at which the books were written. Um, although I don't suppose most people see it like that. And things like the Mrs. Gatskill and the um, the books about industrial life in industrial Britain during the Industrial Revolution, those sorts of things were about raising awareness of people's uh, lives to other people who were living completely different lives and I don't think for a moment that you you probably intended to do that but I do think in in flying with kites you do make you, you do educate as well as entertain in the way in which you tell the story of these two women who are refugees the different ways in which they have 
either chosen to, made a decision to, or been forced to survive the process of escaping the conflict, surviving the conflict, escaping the conflict, and then surviving the process of being a refugee through the camps and into the UK, where uh, their lives are yes. very much the same in lots of ways, but because it highlights the way in which opportunities and um, choices in not just impact, but actually define how lives will turn out. Definitely. And, and there's the other aspect of the book as well, because as, as well as the Kosovan refugees, I was quite keen to understand the social conditions already existing mm. in those tower blocks and the people that actually uh, the residents in those tower blocks. So we, we've got three really colourful characters that, that I use. And when I say that they take up drug dealing just as just to get a bit of money, uh, and, and you know, it's just water off the back. But I just try and there's a lot of humour involved. I mean, Geordies are yes. wonderful people, and I, I try and capture some of that uh, the Geordie humour within that. So you've got this sort of almost counterpoint be, be, between the uh, very uh, nervous uh, refugees and, and these colourful characters who they are now uh, become friendly with uh, and mixing with. So you've got that other element as well. And the, the combination was, was something that I think takes the story uh, right the way through. Yes, I agree with you. And one of the things that is also quite interesting, you have these refugees who arrive with nothing. And when they're in these tower blocks, they're actually the perception of arriving into a country where you're going to be safe is that other people will be better off than you. But in many ways, the community that they land into is not a particularly well-off community. It is one that survives day to day. They do what is required yes. to survive in, in, yes. a, in a similar way but perhaps not to the same extent as the refugees have had to survive through the process of getting to a place of safety. But there are amazing similarities between the lives of the refugees and the lives of people who are living on the breadline, essentially. Indeed, yeah, that's definitely the case. Uh, and, and you know, the, the idea of uh, this juxtaposition with the humour and the, um, of, of, of the of the local characters and so on and and then the issues of with the refugees and trying to get those two um pieces uh, aligned if you like um was was a joy to write in all fairness i i it, I, I did not find this a difficult book to write because I, it just flowed i have no idea why i don't know where it came from and as I said, I didn't have this sort of ambition to be a writer, but it, it just came out of me. And uh, and it, it took me three, just over three weeks to uh, to complete. It doesn't read as if you wrote it in three weeks. It is a very good read as a book. And I think one of the reasons it was an easy, you felt it was an easy book to write is that there is a lot of hope in the book as well. Although you're dealing with some very dark topics, you know, there yes. is a yeah. lot of hope in the yes. in the characters as they progress through this process of finding this place of safety. And I suppose this book was written back in the 2010-2011 uh, period. So that's 10 years ago now. 12 years ago now. 12 years ago. Yeah, 12 <laughs> yes. years ago. It, yes, I'm forgetting when we are. Yeah. But um, what do you think the characters are doing now? Now, that's an interesting one. Well, not so interesting for me because I've written the sequel, so I know what they're doing now. 
So you know what's happened to them. You mustn't tell us then, because those. Yeah, yeah. I wrote yeah. the sequel almost, you know, within weeks afterwards because it required a sequel. The way that uh, Flying with Kites finished it, it just the way that you ended it, Alan, requires a sequel. Correct. I can let people into that much about this. This is a, this is a book about two women, and the main woman, who is the the, the main character in the book, has been through yes. hell and back, and as you, uh, there is hope in her story, but there is also um, dilemmas in her story as well. And and yes. Huge changes yeah. happening. Yeah, huge changes happening in her life. So you are quite right. You know, when I when I when I finished reading it way back when, it was a case of so, what happens next? What happens next? So it's good to know that there is a sequel. Yeah, I, I'm... Yeah? Do we have a date when the sequel will be published? No, I, I, that's a very good question. I've I've, uh, I've... I've asked the uh, the publisher. It's, it's all completed. Everything is ready to go. It's been edited. It, it is just literally waiting for a, a time slot uh, and let it go. It's, I've got a new book coming out uh, mm -hmm. next week. Yeah. Um, so may, maybe six okay. months uh, time. Maybe next year would be a good good time to uh, to release the um, to pu yes. uh, to publish the yes. uh, the sequel. I'd like to get it out because I, I've had so many comments in the same way that you just mentioned and said, well, oh, what happens next? Yes. What happens next? I mean, there's, there's a film in this. There's a television series in this. This is a really, really good read. And as a first novel, it's an even better read, in my opinion. But, you know, which other books have you written as well? Because there is the I've uh, you know, read some of them, not all of them. But tell us a little bit about the other books. You've written books about mental health. You've written books about your career in the banking industry. You've written books about uh, based in the town where you live, Ilkley, all sorts of various different things. Do you have a favourite? I, I probably do. I mean, I I really like the um, the thrillers. Uh, the mm -hmm. The Tinker I like that. That one is about. Uh, 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 this um, uh, the, that the one about a bloke called Michael. Yes, it is, and I won't say who that was based on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's he he he's an itinerant worker, and he, he he comes to this village every year, and he's been going to this village for six years, and it was set in 1986, and this year. Um, it's different. Uh, we don't know anything about him. The villagers don't know anything about him. He just comes. He does odd jobs around the, around the village during the summer. He stays with the vicar and his wife in their the lodge, and and then he goes away again. Nobody knows anything about him. But 1986 is when <clears throat> an it starts to uh, his his story starts to unravel, and we find out exactly uh, what his backstory is, and and it's. It really is chilling. Uh, so that that I, I I like Xfil I also like, and that required a huge amount of research. So that that's about a, a one of Iran Iran's top nuclear scientists wanting to um, to escape from Iran mm -hmm. um, and, and and get repatriated in England, and an MI6 officer is sent to Tehran. Uh, with the brief to try and uh, and make that happen, uh, and I, I learned so much about uh, Iran and the regime, and particularly the uh, the secret police. Very very interesting, but that's also very fast moving, very exciting. Yeah, it's almost as if it it's not so much the ambition to be a writer that you had, but the the need to learn. 
because you've researched the books in so much detail that it's the the need to learn is is as important as the the learn the need to write i find it i find it fascinating yeah yeah i found it fascinating the 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 stuff i found over the years has been just incredible um the coat is another very exciting one and that's about people smuggling and uh, the the uh, a pair of uh, twins uh, albanian twins are uh, 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 captured in uh, in a disco and sent to um transported to uh, the uk in the back of a lorry and that's very very chilling in places but it's what what happens to them when they when they arrive in the uk and what they're forced to do um and how 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 they're looked after but yeah that's uh, also based on there's a lot of true story if you like going through it we must talk again about each of these books but yes indeed i will say that one of my favorites is uh, tasker's end which I think oh, is, yes. a, is a really good book. But for the moment, unfortunately, um, our time has come to an end. But thank you very much. I really do appreciate the time that you've spent with us discussing what is an excellent book, Flying with Kites by Alan Reynolds. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much, Alan. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Michael. Very appreciated. Take care. Thank you. And thank you to you for listening. I am Michael Millward, and I have been having a conversation with Alan Reynolds, the author of Flying with Kites. If you liked this podcast, please give us a like. If you'd like to make sure you don't miss out on any more, please subscribe. And remember that as with all podcasts from Abbasida, we don't tell you what to think, but we do hope to make you think. Thank you.